<laughs> and we're back with another exciting episode of Laughter the Club. Joining us tonight out in God's Country, Virginia, we have Ed Bob by a nice toasty fire. Hey, Ed Bob. Hello. And out here in Los Angeles, we have Jeanette and myself, Pow. How's it going, Jeanette? Okay, good. We're moving. We're, we're moving on here. Um, how's it going in general? We took, you know, we took a little week ski off ski, you know, just to kind of recharge the batteries a little bit. We feeling good? Ed Bob, you good? I didn't even know you had. I'm good. Fire. Jeanette, you good? She's good. She is doing good. So right now we have a lot of uh, we have an ex- I think this is like the, one of the more exciting NBA playoffs. Did you see the Joel Embiid news come through right now? By any chance? I saw that, that and the Kawhi he, news. Yeah, they said that Joel's not going to be uh, there for Game Four. He sprained his knee, so they're hopeful he can come back as early as next week. So you know, yep. a little bit of a Woj bomb. They're, they'll be they'll be fine. I mean, they're playing Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, spe- I, well, one guy I hope gets back um, soon that, Ed Bob, I know you wanted to talk about is Giannis. Because it, it was kind of crazy the way they beat down the Heat, you know, the other day. The, the Greek freak. Yeah. Um, Giannis, as some might call him as well. This is his other nickname. Uh, wh- what did you want to touch on there? I had just seen an article on Giannis, uh, I want to say like two weeks ago, about him discussing or uh, his mental health and a tough time and the fact that he considered retirement at one point. And I just thought that was really interesting because Giannis, I feel like is considered, you know, universally considered a top three player. I, I think he's the best in the league currently. Um, so to see somebody like Giannis who he's won, what two MVPs, he's got a title. Um, and just to, to, to see a story about him thinking about retirement because he's learning how to deal with, all the pressures of being a superstar, you know, someone famous, obviously in a completely different country than he grew up in. I just thought that was a, a very interesting thing and something to look at, especially in this day and age of mental health that we're in. One thing I think is also interesting about this is the fact that like a lot of times from, you know, most American players, you kind of see them often vo- voice that they're the best or that their time is here. And I feel like when Giannis was winning those MVPs and he was, or even like, leading up to winning the MVPs, a lot of, you know, people that were looking at analytics basketball at the same time, you know, some of those numbers coming up were already claiming like, Hey, no, this guy is legit. This guy is going to be the next thing. Like he is that good. Um, I think that a lot of those pressures were really coming along with that. And it was just, it's interesting because he's not somebody who necessarily was putting that pressure on himself with his words. It was just naturally coming through with a lot of his play. And uh, I think one thing, you know, you mentioned him playing in Milwaukee. I think one of my favorite things about Giannis is that since he came from a small city in Greece, when he gets to Milwaukee, it's just like this ginormous city to him, even though, you know, it's considered a small market city, what have you. But to him, it's, you know, this whole new uh, giant world. So that's one reason why he was willing to stay there and, you know, win a championship there and, and, and sign that. But I think that's also, I think a lot of, you know, the pressure he was talking about retiring, he was also a free agent at the time. And a lot of teams were, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure his phone was getting blown up daily by everyone. You know, we had a lot of colluding going on, you know, a lot of tampering, probably Uh, a lot of that. And at the same time, he's isolated in the bubble, probably having, you know, to deal with all that, getting ready for the pressure, seeing everybody talk about him day after day. And then 
not only on top of that, I mean, the way they lost to the Heat wasn't, you know, met with very good acclaim. He got a lot of criticism for it. So uh, I, I agree with you that it, it is something to, when you step back and you look at him, because what I think of Giannis now, I think about the 50 chicken nugget order at Chick-fil-A. You know, 50 piece, 50 piece. Yeah. When he ordered the 50 piece for the 50 piece. Exactly. Yeah. So like, that's, that's what I think of him. And for him to admit that, um, it's pretty telling. And, and like, now I feel like we're seeing him since the title in this new phase where he's still not, maybe he's still, he's maybe a little more vocal now, but you see him like with just his body language, he's a more confident player too, which, you know, is really good to see. But I do want to bring up something here about. Can I add something to yeah, that? Of course, of course. Um, if when he was con- contemplating this, if it was in 2020 during the the whole being in the bubble or post the bubble it does make a lot of sense for him to take his mental health into consideration because at the time they were the the nba was the focus of of the sports media you know no no offense to the hockey bubble and to the wmba bubble but as far as like the major American sport that was happening that had everybody's attention, it was the NBA playoffs. So for all of the teams that were in there, it was a hyper focus, hyper analyzation of everything that was happening without the distraction of the other, you know, of of 162 baseball, of WNBA starting, of you know like uh foot you know college football or even the moves for the nfl all these other things that will normally distract us they didn't exist in that time frame we were just jumping from sport to sport to sport and i'm pretty sure 2020 whenever like if you would talk to any athlete when they were going through their bubbles they probably had a bit of what Giannis was talking about and they probably experienced it as well for that i wouldn't even say it matters like what kind of a caliber player you are but when you more so the focus is on you when you are the leader the face of the franchise and when there is literally nothing else for you to do that would occupy your free time which would normally be being with your friends being with your family if you were living on social media or just digesting, you know, ESPN, Fox Sports, you know, whatever, and you see these things written about you that maybe normally you wouldn't have digested because you had other things to to distract you to occupy your time, then you do start to question like, is this how I am actually perceived? And, you know, some people can brush that off, they really don't care. Other people embrace the personas and other people are more sensitive to it, especially at that time where you had nothing else to look to. So for these examinations to come from the players and to be set within the respective bubbles of their sports, to me, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and just a lot of the issues going on in Milwaukee in general, too, at the time. And the reason why they, you know, walked out on a game to add mm-hmm. on top of a lot of what you were saying there, Jeanette. Um, that's a really good, you know, a really good point as well. 
you know what I mean? Honestly, I think that if you think about it, obviously it has to do with the fact that Giannis is so good. But what, a couple of weeks ago about that article that came out saying his brother wouldn't be on the team if it wasn't for Giannis, like everybody knows that. And I think that right there in itself is like a mental health play. Like Giannis to have his older brother there just with him, be in Milwaukee on the same team. I'm sure they live right by each other, if not together. That's clearly a factor. And that was probably something that factored into him staying in Milwaukee. The fact that they'd be willing to sign his brother and keep him there, be on the team, whether or not you think he's good enough or not. Yeah, and I think once again, all of that ties back to the bubble experiences, which I which I believe are no different than the experiences that we all had back three years ago. It really doesn't seem like it was three years ago, but think about it. You know, you you either got to really really love the people that were in your own bubble, or you truly learned how much going to work every day insulated you from the annoyingness of having to deal with your family members or your friends and also not having a distraction and seeing how much your own um, capacity to deal with the outside world could truly affect you because we really had nowhere to run. And when you didn't have anywhere to run or be distracted by, it's like, what did you focus on? And if you were focusing on yourself, maybe you couldn't avoid some of your insecurities or the things that you needed to make it every day. If it's the love and support and comfort of your family at home, at your workplace, um, it, it makes a lot of sense for for him to to see the world in that way, because I think we all experienced it. And it also shows that regardless of, um, so we always want to throw in all these dismissals of these people to make them less human. So it's like, well, for that amount of money, or, you know, you get paid millions of dollars to play a child's game. Um, it's still something that they that that they you know the the pressures they they deal with them and they they're very hypersensitive to them and how it is you know whatever that mental switch is that separates someone that has a long career from not having a long career um it exists in all of us truly yeah and I guess this is actually a better segue into my point because I, I was in a, a like a group chat earlier today and like some friends were talking about Anthony Davis and maybe he's a little scared sometimes to step on the floor because of the, the perception, you know, the, I mean, within seconds of him hurting his arm, it was trending street clothes like already. And like Stephen A was ready, just chomping at the bit, ready to go, turned it into a first take segment for the halftime show. Um, and even today, during an actual first take segment, he's calling out Kawhi Leonard, who, you know, I'm sure would love nothing more than to be playing basketball if he's somebody who, who experiences Mike highs, like we found out this week. Um, that's just not somebody who's going to want to be sitting down at home and hearing this, you know, all the time. Especially somebody who doesn't like, I mean, you know, maybe Kawhi really just has that focus. Like, 
Kobe or Jordan where he's able to just phase it out. But I mean, Jordan even admitted in the last dance that like he heard it all, you know, a lot, there's a lot of things that, that he, he put up with and a lot of different pressures that he, he himself had to, to go through. And and that's where it's just kind of like, it, it's like what, I don't know. It's, it's getting harder to, especially with ESPN's halftime shows, but just maybe even with TNT too, they're doing these things where it's just like, they're constantly like dragging the players for being hurt. And what we've learned from basketball Illuminati is like a lot of it goes to how these pe- how these people um, have grown up playing basketball through the AAU circuit, where it's just basketball, basketball, basketball all the time. Um, and you know, as more information comes out about injuries, like they're also these guys are just way more athletic than what there was. I mean, if you look at Michael Jordan, how athletic he was in the '80s, think about how many guys are that athletic now, soaring through the air like that now. I mean, you did have your your athletes then in the '80s, but they weren't you know, working out like they do now with all these different strength programs and whatnot. So um, a lot of it's just disappointing to see. And it just adds to a lot of these guys deciding like, you know what, I've made enough money in my career. Maybe a lot, a lot of this isn't worth it, which I, I would it be interesting to see if we do see somebody step away from basketball from that standpoint. I mean, we've been, you know, Frank Ocean just canceled weekend two at Coachella and this is a big thing happening right now in pop culture even because like you know he doesn't want to perform that much since his brother passed away so and a lot of people were upset about that so it's just the whole thing but did you want to add something to that Jeanette well I I think uh when we look at it always through like the prison of uh, prism not prison of, of male sports it is hard to fathom somebody walking away from multi-million dollar contracts at the peak of their their career but we've seen it in the women's game Maya Moore comes to mind she's she's at the forefront of that she left for a social justice cause and then the man that she ultimately went and you know turned the world upside down she ended up marrying and you know people were like how how can you do that she had just come off of championships she's this certified winner and yeah it should have been a bigger deal but you know that's just where the isolation is for women's sports but i think a lot of what we see with sports talk television um well you know just debate culture the like the stuff that got the headlines with dan and stephen a is that it's very much formulaic so they know the talking points that will um maybe because you know, maybe not in the live show era, but as far as like the the, the the social clip that goes out and is gonna get the attention, they know what they are because you can substitute Anthony Davis injury for um, Russell Wilson, right? You can substitute it with Clayton Kershaw and his back issues. Uh, so it's kind of like Mad Libs, uh, sports Mad Libs where it's, player x injury this and then of course legacy because then we have to run it back to you know uh back in my days you know no, you know if you're talking baseball it's nolan ryan and, and greg maddox in football it's like you know um what's his face uh, i see him the denver broncos guy he has the, he has the card yeah l elway playing hurt right and you know in basketball it's always like uh you know, bad boys, Pistons and and Jordan and Bird and Magic and and all this stuff. So there's always like a reference point, you know, as to they they weren't like this or they pick someone that is a total anomaly 
as to like, why can't you be like Brady? Why can't you be like Serena? You know, it's like, but there are also exceptions because Stephen A isn't out there doing the toughen up, man up, be stronger, be better to Tiger Woods, right? He just had another surgery and he's gone for probably the rest of the year. So it's really interesting who they, like I said, it's, it, it's performative, it's formulaic, it's for the clicks, but you can easily substitute it. But then I also sometimes question, it's like, oh, they're not ragging on this person. Wonder why. Well, this is what we see with Russell Westbrook too. I mean, I, I think a lot of, you can trace a lot of the, some of the shooting issues that he does have. I mean, yeah, he may not have been always the most efficient, but at least I think he used to shoot a oh, lot more with confidence. But you know who, along with who they never question, they never question hockey players. Part of that is because they can't pronounce their names, but, but mm-hmm. also, my God, like when you hear, like, and you don't hear about like the injuries till like after their series series are done, like Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers, Boo Oilers, because they're playing against my Kings right now. But he had, he was playing on a literal broken leg last year and he didn't say anything until their whole season ended so when you see like hockey injuries when it's like lower body injury or this and that it's like that's the one sport where we do not get clarification what these injuries are because then two weeks later you're like oh yeah um actually in that when he took when he went up against the boards like seventeen thousand broken ribs but he still but he came back and he played it's like what The other day, some guy got, he got checked and he ended up getting like 40 stitches on the side of his face. He just got his stitches done. He came back and he was out there and I'm like, and they were like, nobody else will do that. I'm like, absolutely not. I would just be like, I need a note. I'm going home. Um, if we win, cool. Put my name on the cup. If not, I I got PTO somewhere. Bye guys. See you later. They never Go showed teams. any of that in the Mighty Ducks movies. They never mm-hmm. showed Goldberg like coming back from like, Bones oh, back. he lost three toes because <sighs> you know the 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 Nor the Norwegian team or the Scandinavians like went over sliced his foot open or something. The goalie. <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, speaking of Dan and Stephen A. talking, um, we wanted to. You know, touch base a little bit on, you know, we've gotten a, now a healthy, what, four weeks in a row of, of South Beach sessions, starting off with Stephen A., Dominique, Greg Cody, and then now we just had Amin Al-Hassan. And, and we, one thing we've learned is that we have a new executive producer. I followed him on, on Twitter. Or I, I'll look him up and give him a salute on the back end. But, um, you know, it, it's definitely, uh, and Dan has mentioned this with on several episodes now that, that this produce, that the producers that are working on this show are trying to essentially get Dan to these more emotional places. And, you know, I, I can confidently say that they are succeeding very well. Um, Jeanette, would you like to, to lead off, um, with this? You, because you've been, you know, um, one that has told me to be, you know, check out the Dominique one and, and starting from there. I think it is, um, I think it is, um, a, a different type of conversation, uh, to be that, that you're hearing here. It's, it's less about, Hey, what's going on in your career? What are you promoting? Who are you here on your behalf on behalf of? like, you know, car wash stuff. 
it is, I think, Dan trying to establish a, a deeper understanding, a deeper connection with his friends and mentors. And I think a lot of the recentness of the experiences that he's had with his, with his parents, especially his mom's health scare, I think has brought him closer to understanding um, mortality and the fragility and relationships and, you know, all the cliche things of like live every day like it's your last, tell, tell your people you love them. And he's trying to do that with these revamped South Beach sessions, but also trying to tap into something with these people that draws another dimension to them than what we may just be familiar in the show as just, oh, Amin and his his bag of tools and, you know, his basketball analysis, Greg being an old guy and things like that. So when you hear them talk about like experiences and gaining understanding of this is how I now see relationships and this is the prism in which I view my life and how I try to be successful and how I operate. It's really interesting and it also um, it shows just a different level of understanding that I think you don't get in a in a podcast setting. I don't know. And it's also I think the other thing that of course makes it quote unquote unique. It's the fact that it's on a sports show and it's so far it's two men having these conversations and it's like men don't usually talk like this because it's not society you know acceptable or whatever or it's not something that we're used to so i think that's part of like why people would find it like interesting or different yeah and i think i think it comes down all boils down to what you're saying it was like understanding there's a lot of empathetic talk happening in these conversations and a lot of the empathy and understanding I think is, you know, for us as listeners is boiling down to thinking about our own relationships. You know, um, he's talking to Dominique about, you know, their wives. So then, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, my significant other and how they've made me better because, you know, I've been genuinely happy, a lot happier lately. So it's just, you know, you think about those things and you think about like, you know, I think the most interesting thing was Dominique kind of saying the people we were when we met, you know, we're, we're not those people anymore. We've grown. And the fact that they've grown and built something together. And then Dan, you know, constantly mentioning the weak spots that he, he needs to look out for. I think it, it's very important because, you know, you do mention it is a sports show. So, the, you know, these two men having this conversation, a lot of men are listening to these conversations and, and you know, kind of thinking of, you know, I, I was thinking about my own relationship with my own dad when it came to Greg. Um, I think I tweeted out a clip because Mark had tweeted out a clip from it of the, the scene from Big Daddy when they're all calling their dad on the phone. And like, you know, I, I, I felt that too. I, I think I even texted my dad, like, I love you after, you know, just kind of listening to that. But at the same time, like today, the conversation with Amin and they're talking about, you know, having, you know, either being an immigrant or parents that are immigrants, you know, my dad was an immigrant as well. So I'm also thinking about just those things, you know, like what struggles did he have getting here, which, you know, what what's the outlook on the world today because of what his outlook was, you know, what are things that I don't even know, you know, where it's, you know, Dan specifically mentioning blind spots. What are my blind spots in this relationship that, you know, that I don't know that I've never asked these questions. So it, these are all really 
think eye-opening things like I, I i talked to christine about the dominique interview for probably like an hour and a half and about like a lot of what it meant to me and, and everything so i think that these are just you know healthy conversations that men do need to have do need to tap into your feelings because a lot of things a lot of repression can kind of really really affect you know the your mental your mental health just flat out and can i just also say um i don't know how many like people are listening to to us but this is also not just a this is not specifically a a male a male thing of i don't want to you know building walls and being guarded and not being emotionally available or vulnerable because it happens to everybody it's a coping mechanism that depending on how you grew up and the traumatic events that you have you you do these things because you're you're cautious of who you let in and and also when you do let people in you don't give them your whole traumatic experience and everything that shaped you in one thing because you know it's like nobody can handle that you spoon feed this information to people and then you see what who can i trust how much of myself can i give this person and then you you form your relationship from there so this is not an entirely like okay men men should be like this no it's for everybody and when you have uh people in your life whether it's your significant other your your parents your friends when you have people that are empathetic and they will listen and you can you can have these types of conversations with um it it help it helps you it helps them because they know that they can have that same conversation with you so it is something that should be encouraged because just you know holding on to a lot of a lot of trauma and a lot of pain really doesn't doesn't help anybody and if you also perhaps are don't have the um the you know you don't have those people in your life that you can have these conversations with then yes reach out to a a professional so that you can begin to see like dan has mentioned the patterns that you have repeated in your life that maybe you want to break away from and they're no longer you know being guarded or whatever these things are they no longer serve you and if you're ready to evolve and have a new chapter to yourself you're what is it that you kids say i'm in my whatever season if this is your therapy season if this is the the new the therapy era then then totally go for it and you know don't just think like i'm the only one that understands i have to keep it all in because what's going to happen is you're going to be at the grocery store one day and you might end up, you know, going off on the clerk because they won't take your coupon, <laughs> you know, or take so, your cash. Yeah. So it's just, um, it's the, it's the, it's, it's the, I'm taking care of myself a lot better era. We should all look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Looking better after ourselves and kind of, you know, I think the important thing, you know, he's been mentioning too, is and like you said, for, for just everybody is listening to, to others who might be on the outside looking in on, on kind of maybe, you know, know, knowing you to an extent, but kind of seeing when things are off or maybe, you know, or maybe you're not necessarily correct on, on how you're viewing something. 
You know what I mean? And, and like that's and it takes someone who can tell you like who's not going to just let you go off. It's going to take somebody who's going to you know tell you, hey, that's not that's not OK. And this is why. And, you know, and, and, we, and we need to talk about it. And it's just about having, you know, that constant open communication. And I think also just another important thing, too, you know, you're talking about if, you know, if you don't have those people, you know, you're saying to, to seek therapy. And if you do have those people, one thing Dan's been kind of mentioning at the end of some of these is just saying, I love you, you know, telling these people you love them while you can. You know, if, you're, if they're there in front of you, give them a big old hug, you know, and, and you kind of see you kind of saw it with, with how you greeted Pablo. Yeah. Or sometimes if you don't have that level of comfort to say, I love you, even if it's to your, it'd be your best friend or whatever, uh, come up with like a code or something. And then, you know, that's like our way of, of saying, you know, I got, I got you. So it could be, you know, like if what bonds you with your friend is that you're huge, I don't know, Cowboys fans. It's like, Go, go boys or you know America's team I don't know like something it, I, yes I agree but I think, <laughs> it was a catch I think you gotta do <laughs> like what you gotta do what Dan said like you saying those three words I love you is important I've been trying to do that to with my family like for years but friends too like because like those three words one I you don't hear them often those just three words like You'll hear love ya or get home safe or this and that, you know, but like to hear I love you from people that you love, like your friends, like Dan tried to tell Amin that he loved him and Amin wouldn't say it back. And I'm sure he might have said it off camera, but it's like I that's something that I try to make an effort to do, especially with people that I love, that I know I love, aunts, uncles, like saying those three words in that order i love you because you don't hear that often and i think it's extremely powerful rather than just love you or even coming up with the code uh whatever because like that's what men do men do that all the time in place of saying what actually needs to be said they come up with some code or some slang or a handshake or whatever rather than just like giving them giving your man a hug and telling them that you love him like that's your friend you love him if he died in a car accident the next day you would be sobbing in tears like tell him that you love him like i don't you shouldn't have too much pride to do that i just i think it's important and i think we should all be able to get to that point with our family with our friends like it's important and i don't i just don't think people we as people hear those words enough, even from our family, our moms, our dads, our significant other, like to hear, I love you. Like there's no question about that. Like there's no code. There's no trying to hide it. It's like, it's up front and it's exactly what it means. I love you. And I think that like, I just think it's important. I think it should be, we should be able to, to do that. And I think it also um, covers up covers up not all of like the rough spots or question marks that you have um, in a relationship with someone, but it is a good start because when I hear you say that, Ed Bob, I think about how Dan um, believes that his father might not be proud of him, and how 
Amin is telling him, well, what do you mean? Look at this, this, and this, and this. And Dan just goes back to the moment of when he told his dad that he wanted to be a, a sports writer or he wanted to write, you know, work in sports, be a writer, not be an engineer or a doctor, that he was just like, that he was like that is not a stable career like you're not gonna make money like you know he so he you know it's he's 50 years old he goes back to something from 30 years ago still and he can't let it go so how much of that could have possibly go over if you just say i'm proud of you i love you good job and then and then greg and greg and uncle dick didn't hug until their father was on their deathbed like and so if they didn't hug until that point i guarantee they had they weren't saying i love you so it's like that's your brother and it's like for for it to take that long it's i don't want to say it's sad it just like it just kind of sucks because it's like you love these people you care about these people let them know be honest with them and don't be too proud or have too much bravado to try to hide it in something else like it's okay to show it in other ways but i think just being able to say it to the people that you do love and care about is important because like i said we just don't hear that you don't hear i love you enough from anybody yeah that's let alone greg. the people that you know love you yeah that's where greg reminded me of my dad because greg had did greg did mention he's like i say it to christopher all the time i say it to my boys all the time my dad tells me all the time he loves me and i don't think my dad heard it a lot growing up necessarily i mean my 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 grandfather was a man of very very few words um so uh i wouldn't i wouldn't be too shocked there um i don't know if my grandfather told anybody in our family that he ever you know loved them but uh so i i I did tear up a little bit when he said that because i was like you know that's probably what my dad tells me every chance he gets and that and that that just gives you different perspective you know what yeah. I mean? Because it's like it's like I I should be saying it, even though I do say it back and I do say it, like attend every phone call and everything. It's like I should be saying it, you know, more. Now, yeah. So, that Greg, that Greg one had me tearing up for sure because I mean, just being somebody who works with his dad, like so, like that Chris Cody, Greg Cody, that Dan and Poppy combination. Like I work with my dad, and like bring him on the pod. So it's like see every day. It's just like, I mean, he that man is. Annoying as hell, but it's just like uh, you got to tell them. Like you got to let them know. Like I think it's important. And my dad's a stoic kind of guy, but like he tries to tell me he's proud, he loves me, this and that. But I try to just make it known. And we still we got we got a ways to go. You know, same as I'm sure, like you know, Amin and Dan, as far as just like talking to my dad and figuring out who he is and like trying to understand that. Like Amin's dad is telling him. It's like you have to talk to your kids and tell them how you grew up, who you are. And it's like, you know, we got to kind of ask those questions, especially once we get to that age to find out who they are, too. So I think that's important. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of dads, what's up, Aaron? What's up, fuckers? I was waiting for him to interrupt, like mm-hmm. sentimental. Um, I love you talk with sup fuckers. I was waiting for the sup fuckers to come in. I'm so glad that's what he responded with. Yeah, I was. I thought about just kind of busting in with it, but then I was like, okay, these people seem serious. It's been a very serious pod. I think we could. I think we definitely lighten up a little bit because we've been 
Talk Let's about talk about how the Lakers are going to get their fucking ass whipped the next three games. Eh? Ooh, we're about to whoop that trick tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait and see. Wait you and have see. to admit that is a fantastic stadium thing. Whoop that trick. Yes. Oh, I, I mentioned I mention it every time I get. It. Of course it is. I can't even lie. It's oh, the only okay. thing I like about that team now. Oh, shut the hell up. You shut the fuck up, fuckers. <laughs> uh, There's plenty we, of things to like about well, that We team. wanted to talk a little Pablo Amin. Did you hear Pablo host the show this week? Driving the car? Driving the ship yesterday? I haven't listened to a single thing at all in the past five days. <laughs> nothing. Literally, <laughs> nothing. Mm, excellent. <laughs> what, did, what did you Did you even come with the... You, I feel like you haven't had a Lopic prepared in months. Okay, number one, I've never once come with a Lopic prepared. (laughs) I just come up with one while I'm here. Mm, See, I was right. And I also haven't been on in a very long time because we're never here. Oh. We as the podcast or we as in you and your your following? Me and mine. Mm. Mm. It's a click. So many downloads right now. One. Well, no, yeah, I guess once, it's they, a, once they see the, Aaron tag, that's like millions of downloads. It is. I mean, honestly. Fanny's going to be so stoked. I mean, yeah. You know, it is what it is. I've got a question. Okay. Because I didn't notice other people didn't do this the same way as me until after, I don't know, my wife and I have been brushing our teeth in the same bathroom for years now. Or do do I always just assumed everybody wet the brush, put the toothpaste on, and started brushing. Yeah. But apparently, some people like toothpaste, then wet, then brush, and some people wet, then toothpaste, then wet, then brush. Hmm. Got a double wet. Got a double wet. You got to wet. That seems unnecessary. No, 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 no. You got to lubricate the brush, put the toothpaste on, then lubricate the toothpaste, then put it in your mouth. Well, is your mouth that dry? Does it not? Or is it incapable of providing the same thing? It's about the brush. No. My mouth moist. I would think if you're doing water after toothpaste, it you're might gonna lose be, some toothpaste. No, mm-hmm. it might be it might be based on like the type of toothpaste. You crank you it use. up all the way. Because I what, think you just if, drip it? No, I think if you're using a, a gel, a regular gel toothpaste, you may you probably don't put more water on it. Mm-hmm. But if you're going with like OG white pasty toothpaste, mm. you probably you probably do go back for and you know you do wet it again because you want to break it down a little bit and you don't want it to be as chalky. And that's probably just force of habit. It's people that don't want to change their toothpaste to you know like i said gel or the different flavors or whatever they're just like this is they like the toothpaste just not the consistency of the toothpaste hmm. see i'm just a wet toothpaste brush hmm. what a... kind of what kind of toothpaste do you use because hmm. do, so it never uh, varies. the colgate optic white yeah, so it never varies. Yeah. So, like, if you were to buy a different, yes, it does. Oh, no, it absolutely varies depending on what coupon I have at Kroger. <laughs> I'm a always, I'm a always wet before going right before going into the mouth. Like, it's just that just seems natural for me. Like, 
you have to wet it before it goes to your mouth. You can't just go wet. How much water are you losing from the time that you wet it the first time to the time that you put it in your mouth? You turn it on real quick, Aaron. You don't just let the the water drip. You got to save water. We care about about, What about – Where's the water going? Mm, great what, question. So does yep. nobody? Like, where so is it no, going? Is the if the sea level is rising, how are we losing water? No, so so nobody here has like the cup in the bathroom where you could put a little bit of water, wet the toothbrush, put your toothpaste, and maybe wet it that way. It's all through the faucet. Oh yeah, it's always through the faucet. Absolutely. Okay. I would mind through the faucet as well. Yeah. I don't oh, and apparently some people brush their teeth in the shower, which, I mean, when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. But I've just, I don't know. I've heard leaving. People experiencing shame usually. Can't look in the mirror. No, those are just people who like to save time. Some of that, they have to no, do that. Je- Jeanette and her mom need to do that with the way she overwaters that car. <laughs> Happy Earth Day, Mom. <laughs> I feel like, though, wouldn't the toothpaste, wouldn't the toothbrush, like, get like just stay damp inside the shower and get like moldy you don't leave it then the come on shower. you don't leave it in there well you have to bring it in and out every time that seems like every a time. hassle because i just take my phone in the, in the shower i'm not taking my phone and take your phone in the shower. shower do you have like a waterproof case do you have like a ziploc no. bag what do you do? You i just don't I, I just don't stand directly under, i just let the water hit my back for a little while while i scroll through my phone <laughs> how long how long are we tinkering in the in the morning, my shower is just like 10 minutes. In the evening, my shower is probably 30-ish, Jesus. 45. That's crazy. That is insane. It's my, it's, we want to talk about it, Jeanette's mom watering the lawn after it rains. It's the, time, it's the one time of the day that I have to just kind of, you know, wind down, decompress, you know. You're getting away from the family. You're getting away from the click, not a hive. It, it, in, like, in the morning, I take a very long poopy. Because I have to, you know, get my mind stirring a little bit. And because I just had my coffee. Wait, I have a question. So then the toothbrush doesn't... Because I just thought, would think that regardless of where your toothbrush is left, Mm -hmm. that it would take the same amount of time to dry. So it holds more moisture in the shower. Well, I think if a shower is staying damper, do you not? Yes, but like if you have your your fan going or you leave your the shower window open or the door open, doesn't all that dampness like leave? Well, we have like I our shower is one of those that have like the glass door. Mm. And so it's like walls all the way around and then just like a door. Mm-hmm. So a door it, stays, it stays pretty damp in there so we have to clean it a lot because otherwise we get like the, the smell the, the mildew the, yeah the stuff the, that yeah the smell like my daughter had a, a, a my daughter got a uh this like a stuffed animal that goes in the shower that you're that like you wash the dog in the shower it has like a little tub and everything mm-hmm. but we never took it out of the shower and so it's lived a short mm-hmm. life <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> who was the who was the crazy athlete saying that thing about like the towels how many you like dan orlovsky orlovsky that's right he was on that. the he was on the show and he like clarified that he does he's a two shower a day type of guy so Same. 
basically he switches out his towels every two weeks which is kind of like what i posited but it like i said i think when that's he has to have his own shower and his wife must just be like you do that maintenance in there i'm not going in there i take Mm -hmm. two showers a day but how often do you replace your towels like whenever my wife gets in her cleaning mode and goes in there and takes it off my towel rack and cleans it typically probably two weeks i don't know I, I don't see I, I don't think two weeks is crazy. Like I don't, I don't think, or two showers, me, two showers a day. Think about that. That's twenty eight that's twenty-eight that's twenty-eight dries. It's totally dry by the time I use it a second time. And if also you your ship right. I'm also clean when I use it. Hmm. It's not like I'm drying myself off while I'm dirty and so the towel's really dirty. Bacteria. But if you if you won't leave your toothbrush. It'd be growing on the towel. In, in the, the bathroom. Shower. The bathroom is extremely dirty. Sorry, go ahead. It's just that. a moist the bathroom just a moist, humid area. But like I keep my, you gotta get the I keep right my bathroom towel. They got these fan towels on. that dry fat. <laughs> my bathroom fan stays on. It sucks all the moisture out. Oh, then we then you're good. Jeanette? No, That's my yeah, noise but... maker at night. no yeah that was like the thing because i think you could say is your house gonna catch on fire what no what you talking to me yes you the person holding something on lit on fire that just had a reaction like oh shit yes i'm talking to you you mean my jay what 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 were you reacting to in the corner off screen bobcat spider Somebody, <laughs> there was a damn bobcat spotted the county Woo! over from us. That's the last thing I need. The damn bobcat running around here. So not a, it wasn't a bobcat. It was a, uh, sorry, a, what do they call it? A cougar? Whoa. No. A puma. Bobcat? <clears throat> oh, no, we just said bobcat. It's not a bobcat. Sorry. It was bigger <laughs> than a bobcat. Damn it. No, he said cougar. Mountain lion. Mountain, mountain lion. lion. I hope they're with it. They'd be a, far away from any mountains. We have some hills. So maybe the, maybe it is a what is, what is it? So it's a hill it, lion. Is it this thing about like how there's this map where it's like in this part of the country they say pop and they say soda on the coast. They say coke in Texas, but like no, is they it, say coke everywhere in the south plus Texas. Okay, <laughs> are you sure no, about but this? Like mountain yeah, lion. Starting. Cougar. I've lived here my whole life. And I also have seen the map. Scary kitty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a scary, scary big kitty. It's like in it's like in Teledega Nights. You gotta show no fear. Right? Just gonna be calm. If one of these fuckers starts walking up my driveway. (laughs) They're gonna be like, oh, sorry, all these houses look the same. I thought I'm in the wrong one. Turn around and go back. Lydia's gonna have like like in the olden days, she's gonna have like a a stole, it's a cat. Throw the head like psh. Aaron's gonna have to go into hiding because Peter's gonna be like, "What did you do?" Daddy's have you ever watched you. those the guy on the Buffalo YouTube videos? No, no. they're hysterical. You have to watch them. And then when you he when we get off a, of here, he rides a buffalo. So it's basically like 
I don't know what it the show or movie or whatever it was was originally, but it's this old like black and white western, and it's a guy riding a buffalo, but this guy like writes a p- parody song over it, like play by play in the whole thing, and it's hysterical. You gotta watch it. <laughs> anyway, he gets attacked by like a mountain lion, and he goes, "Get out of here, kitty cat! Scram!" <laughs> That's all Remember the legendary the video of that guy picking up the bobcat and chucking it? Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Pandemic. Hey, speaking three years ago. That was hot three years ago. That was three years ago. Hot. God. Would you look crazy. at that? Huh? Look at Time that. flies when you're having fun. Oh, Aaron, Dan <laughs> did bring up eating sushi at a gas station this week. No, it was show. barbecue. Oh, barbecue at a gas station. Barbecue. He's talking about Bucky's, Gas station though. barbecue is fuego. Bucky's barbecue. I, I had a good. I had a good little. Uh, what is it? Prime. No brisket. I had. A, I had a couple different kinds. Of, some chopped brisket. You know, some. Uh, not even chopped brisket. Just kind of whole. Where brisket. were you at in Texas? I was at a Bucky's. Because he okay. mentioned Bucky's, so he mentioned. No, was it, it was because some some like football player or a, no, it was a basketball player. He got sick at Bucky's. Gas and he, yeah. And he got sick. And he's like, but Who I do it, it again. Was it was it Luke Quinn's Dort? I have no idea. There's another Dort. There's Who's the other Dorts. Dort? Hmm? Who's the other Dort? Oh, you just Luke. said Lou Dort's f- full name. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's the only thing I've ever. What is it? Luke Quinn's no, or something no. like that. Lou Gintz. Okay. Lou Gintz. Lou Gintz. And no, what? it was a college player. It wasn't no, an NBA player. Was it a college player? Wasn't it? I thought it was an NBA player. Was Looking it? Let's see. I, for some reason, I thought it was somebody that from the state of Oklahoma, so I figured Oklahoma City. Oh, maybe it was the Spurs. I thought it was the Spurs, maybe. No, it was the Spurs. It was the Spurs. You're was, right. right. Some guy from the Spurs. It wasn't college, but it was the Spurs. It might as well be a college team. I don't know who the fuck plays for the Spurs. Somebody named Keldon Johnson. Johnson. Keldon Johnson. That's he was on it. Team USA as well. Uh, KJ. <laughs> Cage. Oh my gosh. Atlanta hey. Journal Constitution, May 24, 2017. Man dies after eating gas station nachos. Oh, that way to a go. A man who contracted botulism, a rare and deadly poisoning, after consuming Sounds nachos like some fetish. purchased at a California gas station has died. Don't play with botulism. I learned about it because, you know, I work in a sauce. You can't Botch play with botulism. Life. You gotta you gotta package your stuff. It's gotta have the right acidity. Otherwise, it start would growing you say up in that, there. I'm telling you. Don't would play you with say it. that getting that is uh, getting lost in the sauce? <laughs> uh, if you get it, that means the sauce was already lost because they did everything wrong. Oh, so you mm-hmm. found the lost sauce. You got the lost sauce. Yep. Uh, now you lost, didn't it? Why was the Atlanta Journal Constitution reporting on a California man's death and not the LA Times or the Sacramento Bee? Let me tell you, you know how frustrating. What a it failure is? of what a failure of newspapers, an indictment mm-hmm. of the media. I, well, it, it drives me nuts whenever I like because I like Six follow years like the later. Memphis, I follow the Memphis local news places, and on Twitter they like tweet out some wild story, and I'm like, that happened in Memphis, and then I click on it, and it's like in Maryland, and I'm like, why are you <laughs> doing this, fuckers? It, it's Slow news day. Yeah, it, it, it's just like the clickbait for it, like, ooh, gosh. Or you know how like there's 
various neighborhoods that have the same names, you know, all over the country. Yeah. So they'll put a story of like this thing, this this is happening like Highland Park, and then I'll click on it. It's like Highland Park, Texas, or Georgia, or New York, not the Highland Park here in California. Wait, the show today tweeted I only the, thought there like, was a Highland Park in Texas. That's the only Highland Park I was aware of. Yeah, we have one here in. Oh, yeah, California. we have one too. Oh. Yeah, Roy posted that video of the, of the water spout into a tornado in Hollywood, and I was like, "That happened in California today." And <laughs> like then, it uh, didn't rain. I, yeah, but I was like, "Oh, Hollywood, Florida." Mm, it's right. It's right. There's two. That's right. Uh, so, Aaron, one thing you did miss this week is that Pablo made his debut. He uh, uh he he came in on 420, but he hosted the show yesterday. How do we feel he did? How, how, first of all, how did you like the new setup? Jeanette, for those that saw it, Aaron, you can pipe down because you didn't see it. I'm um, just going to watch baseball. Yeah, who are you watching? Ole Miss. I miss oh. when it, <laughs> Ole Miss LSU. I will miss when it was in the background. Um, anyways, what do we think about the new, the new studio? Have you guys been watching it all on YouTube? They, they're, uh, they're kind of debuting a new... Like screen format. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Without the express written consent of the NCAA. <laughs> there could be nothing. Nothing more boring than NCAA baseball between Ole Miss and LSU. Clearly, you've clearly never been to a, a baseball is already boring as hell, and you took me to no. Ole Miss baseball. I, Come on, man! Look up any oh, list. Look up oh, any oh, list in the country baseball. of the most fun places. Ole Miss, Ed Bob, with that, game. and Ole Miss is on Please the list every time, that. if not number one in the top three every look, time. The, I the game am a UVA just a drunken man. party. UVA baseball is great, but guess what? I don't give a damn about it. You know why? Because I don't give a UVA damn about baseball. Because baseball is ass. Aaron. And the fact that you took me to Ole Miss LSU, I couldn't think of a more boring baseball game. Oh, yeah, two of the perennial. What it was like New Mexico, Montana. That's fine, you know. Two of the teams or that Montana, Minnesota. I don't give a damn about. SEC. Hey, how about you just damn you just about anything? Stay, just stay, stay baseball, up there in Yankee Land and make your baseball is boring. Stay up there Pop? in your little Yankee Land. And just anyway, the draft is next. The draft is next week. To no Pablo football. studio. Okay. I football. should do the thing where I predict every pick again. Can you give us a top five? I haven't even begun to look at it. Okay. Well, oh, I, okay. I, I, uh, what's his face is going to go. Uh, Bryce Young <laughs> will go number one. Okay, hold on. Wait, wait. I need to write these down. Okay. Continue. Bryce Young number one. Uh huh. Okay. Who's going number CJ two? CJ Stroud probably two. Okay. Number three. <sighs> Number three. Unless somebody trades in or out, I'm going to guess somebody's going to make the catastrophic failure of drafting Anthony Richardson. That's who you're going with? And if not, they're going to make the catastrophic failure of drafting Will Levis, both of which will be terrible. Um, Both. Terrible. Awful. Okay. Number um, four. Will Anderson. I'll make sure to put that awful. Terrible. All caps. Mm -hmm. 
Both. Terrible. Will Anderson will be a monster. Write that down. Monster. Will Anderson monster. Got it. A friendly monster or a yeah, scary what, what, what monster? Kind of monster? He is a friendly monster. So he's a Sully or a Mike Wazowski? Oh, he's much more of a Mike Wazowski. Oh, okay. But mm, with okay. the ability of Sully, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I remember in the beginning where he was doing like the warm ups. He's like, Ooh. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number five. Oh. By the way, you might want to bet here because Aaron said, or I believe that Barrett said Jalen Carter was going either number one and then he rephrased it to be like above Will Anderson or something. He's not going above Will Anderson. Tell us I have. Especially after the car crash, right? Mm. Yeah. He had something else that happened too. I don't remember what it was. He had a bad pro day. He had a bad pro day. Well, oh, and 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 he was a little chunky. Mm-hmm. And he got pulled over going like 90 and a 50 or something like that, or 40 or something. I don't remember. But anyway, um, I'm going to guess after him, I'll, ha- I don't, I'll have to look at who actually is picking after that. But it'll either be something stupid like Will Levis or maybe Jalen Carter, but probably something stupid like Will Levis. I'm telling you, Will Levis will – be terrible he was terrible in college and so was anthony richardson they're both terrible and i would never draft cj stroud just because i would never draft an ohio state quarterback because they've all been terrible Mm, i think he's very talented he is very talented but i just can't draft an ohio state quarterback put that we'll we'll put that in the promo um number honestly let's get a top 10 going what's number six six oh fuck i don't even Hmm. I thought you watched football. No, you're watching baseball. Fan with, I get it. Hmm. It's like he's frozen. Yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think if he. Who's, I haven't paid any attention to the, the the like. You need to look up Mel Kiper's big board. I don't trust Mel Kiper. He's an idiot. Whoa. <laughs> he's an idiot. So is Todd McShay. Like two minutes thinking of like, who's going sixth? Yeah, and I guarantee all I have to do is look at a list real quick and actually refresh myself on who's in the draft, and I'll do better than him. I did better than him last year. Mm. How many is the gap? I've also, I've also been very correct on who's going to suck and who's not going to suck. Mm. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> oh. So no number six. I, I'll get back to you on it. Let me let, let me look it up real quick. Hold on. Okay, Pablo and Amin. How do we feel, Ed Bob? Amin, let's go. We got a new sound this week, right? <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Pablo and Amin. I think they did an alright job. I mean, I enjoyed the Dan and Stu on vacation silliness. I don't mind it that much, honestly, because I think every I think. A lot of fans, I guess, in general, just too uptight about the content and everything. I'm just like, let these people have fun. They're having fun. They're doing all this just for us to be happy, to you know, to help our shitty little lives. So I enjoy the burp sounds and the 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 kitty meows and everything. It makes me laugh. I can. I'm not mad at it. 
watching them mess around with that soundboard was hilarious. When when he first starts touching all the because Miami sounds, so it's playing all these songs about fascism and then like the Joe Carollo song, and it's just like, oh, not the not the correct music for this place and time. And then that's what Mike's saying, like you could toggle between Ooh. the sounds there. So speaking of of which, because that was they had Samson on that day. Do you guys? Harry think... Wilson. <laughs> He's an edge rusher from Texas Tech. Okay, you gotta add that at the at the end of these names because you know we don't know these kids. Edge rusher, Texas Tech. Got it. So. Inevitably, when the Paris Johnson Jr., the Red Raiders, is that your seventh pick? Yeah, offensive tackle, Ohio State. What's his name again? Paris Johnson Jr., Paris Johnson Jr., the Buckeyes. Is he a wall? Uh, yes, okay. And then I would have, I would have picked Nolan Smith higher, but they probably won't. Then I have Nolan Smith, Ed Rusher from Georgia. Clowns. Ooh, so not even Jalen Carter. I had Jalen. I said Jalen Carter earlier. Oh, is that number five? Jalen Carter at five. Yeah. Well, he was saying either Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter, or Will Levis, and he had Will Levis also at three with Anthony Richardson. So it's like, and he said off. No, I have. I'm, I'm, I've, I've, right I've here. moved Will Levis. I've moved Will Levis to what I'm on now. Eight. Okay, I'll still leave the note that they're both awful and terrible. Yes, terrible. Awful. That's the most important thing about these. Yeah, you just did Oh, the defensive back from Illinois. What is his name? Um, hold on. Devin Witherspoon. Mm. E Dub. Legally blonde. Related to Reese. Salute Fanny. It spelled differently. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna spell it like her how she spells it. Number ten. Mm, who's picking at 10? Let me see. Philly. Philly needs a lot. Not really. Uh, they need somebody on defense. Who's another edge rusher that I haven't picked yet? Um, okay. Well, um, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Now, hold your horses. You mean in Pablo? <sighs> hold on. Almost there. I'll get somebody. <sighs> oh, uh, Lucas Van Ness from Ohio- Iowa. That's not a real person, but okay. LVN. Lucas. Iowa? Yep. Van Ness. Van Ness. Double last name. Also, it's Lucas with a K. So take that for what's worth. Get out of here, Lucas with a K. Yeah, that's a bust if I've ever heard one. Luke and Van Bust. (laughs) More like Lucas with a loser. Yes, it is Lucas with an L. <laughs> Actually, and with a U and, and, and yes. an A in it and an S. Well, that's good that? for another fantastic episode of Laughter the Club. Joining us tonight, we have Aaron out in Memphis, Mississippi, Ed Bob out in God's Country, myself and Jeanette here in Los Angeles. And we just want to tell you guys that we love you. Love you, Aaron. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I... <laughs>